That's Lit with me, Shazzy D. And boy, do I have a show for you today. Joining me on the show is Pauline Clegg the founder and artistic director of Winda Film Festival. The festival partnered with South by Southwest Sydney to bring a collection of films from Indigenous cinema, both from Australia and overseas. Pauline, welcome to the show. Ginnigay, everyone. It is so great to have you here. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. It's sort of kind of a beautiful day. Yeah, you it know, is. So it's lovely to um, have sunshine in both inside and out. Wonderful. <laughs> oh. Now, before we jump right into South by Southwest, can you talk about what Winter Festival is? Um, well, I think, I mean, as a filmmaker, what I wanted to do was... Um, you know, help to promote our films uh, for a long time internationally. I worked for Imaginative Film Festival, which is the largest film festival in the world for Indigenous cinema in Toronto. And um, it got to about, you know, that point where we were going overseas and seeing all of our great films being done overseas in Toronto, but we still weren't finding the opportunity to celebrate our films here in Australia. And and often we weren't also seeing the other Indigenous films here in Australia. Um, and so we sort of kind of decided got to put my money where my mouth is and come back to Australia and do the work. And at the same time, Maryland in New Zealand was um, getting up as well. And so the two of us sort of kind of like said, maybe the Southern Hemisphere needs the same sort of energy that the Northern Hemisphere has. Um, and so I think it's also that thing of, you know, when we often get into those larger festivals, um, you know, you can often be pigeonholed um, as as diverse and um, minority groups. And we wanted to make sure that all of our filmmakers, especially our emerging filmmakers, get to experience the red carpet for themselves as well. Uh, it's really important to celebrate our voices because it's such a privilege and it takes so much effort to get our films done that, you know, like it... it um, it still is, it's a win, you know, for everyone. And so I think it's important for our community to celebrate their films together, uh, but also to allow mainstream to see the plethora of emerging and established experience in film. Excellent. Mm. And so South by Southwest has obviously come to Sydney, actually to Australia for the first time. Yeah. It's usually held in the US. And you have partnered with the festival to bring some films. Can you talk about how that partnership came about? So Winda means stars and it, and it, means, um, it means the Milky Way. And the Milky Way is an emu. And when her face is down, it's when she's looking down on her people and it's the time for story. Um, and so we can only have winter, <laughs> if we call it something else, we could have it any time of the year, but we can only have it between October and November every year because that's usually the time for story um, in terms of winter. And so we um, wanted to bring it back. We had sort of kind of stopped obviously due to COVID and the restrictions that were on. And we spent a lot more of that time sort of kind of really working on 
giving um, filmmakers the opportunity to do online courses about, um, you know, whether it was marketing skills or um, people talking about how to write dialogue better. We just did a whole lot of online stuff and then a couple of international experiences because I work for um, EFM, um, which is the European Film Market in Berlin. Um, and as a part of that, we have the Native Stand where all of the Indigenous film festivals come together and support Indigenous films at the European film market. And so I sort of kind of felt like we needed to come back. Uh, and we chose this year to come back, but we heard the rumbling that there was a bigger festival that was going to come. Uh, and we sort of kind of went, we don't want to be just coming back with... Um, with just that little bit of support because we knew there was a bigger festival around and we thought, why don't we see if we can partnership with them? And they sort of kind of had thought the same thing at the same time. So we sort of reached out to them at the same time they reached out to us and um, and it felt like it was an opportune sort of opportunity. And also because, as you know, like those of us with culture have different ways of telling story. Um, we're not just stuck on... Um, you know, the linear sense of storytelling. Uh, and so because South by Southwest is also about industry and supporting industry, but also has music and innovation and film in play, it sort of felt like we were a good match together. Mm. Perfect. Can you talk about some of the films that you'll be showcasing? Sure. I mean, I think I think we've had... We, we had to really think about it as well, uh, in trying to show the span of what's out there because there's been a huge amount of Indigenous films. You know, we're on the wave of a sort of everyone wants to see the Indigenous films and there's a lot being produced, especially because COVID gave a lot of the communities opportunity to write, you know. So, like, we've seen this year a plethora of films and we were like, what can we choose? And... Uh, we wanted to sort of kind of have a little bit of the different genres, a little bit of celebrating the hard stories and a little bit of celebrating because the thematic this year for NAIDOC Week in Australia was for our elders, mm. sort of kind of looking for a film that would be iconic for us as well. Mm. And then, uh, you know, the emerging sector of the industry. So for Australia, we're doing Bush Shorts on Tuesday night and... Um, that's sort of kind of like a, a group of emerging filmmakers from WA, South Australia and New Zealand or showing their films. Um, Fancy Dance is a um, first-time filmmaker um, from America sort of talking about the missing and murdered uh, Indigenous women story in a very different slant uh, from the perspective of a sister and her niece. Uh, and so that sort of kind of perspective is really was really different for us and we wanted to sort of tell that story without people feeling like they were being, you know, harmed, and, you know, because that sort of kind of... Those sort of stories are really trauma-triggering for a lot of our community because um, we have it here as well, like we do in many parts of Indigenous nations around the world. Don't Bury Me Without Ivan um, is from Saka. Um, and Saka is sort of, oh, they're going to hate me for saying this because 
we we should know better, um, but it's the Siberian area of Russia, um, and that community has been, um, I suppose, in a way, heavily injured by the fact that the you know the war is on and their children are being used as the frontline soldiers, and but there's this incredible group of resilient filmmakers in that community that are just still continuing to make film um and and it sort of kind of looks at how it's quite a beautiful simple story about a man who um when he sees beauty he almost dies and uh and this ethnograph comes along at the same time and he recognizes that he's not dead and um and so he follows this man, Ivan, around the country to pick up beautiful things from his community for a museum. So it sort of kind of has this sort of like irony in a way and eloquently done uh, by um, Lupov, who's the director. Um, what else is there? Oh, my gosh. From Greenland, we have Alangat or Kilangani, um, which is on the edge of shadows. And it's sort of kind of like we're starting to define new genres in a way. Um, I call it the chillers, um, the cultural thrillers. So it's sort of a horror, but it's embedded in mythological storytelling as well because it talks to their mythology. Um, and we just wanted to show that there's... A, these new genres that are coming out and being a part of the space as well uh, because we have to understand that the narratives may change you know now that there are diverse people coming out and making their films that our narratives might be a little bit different to the Hollywood sort of three-act structure and the genres that are out there in that space and then we've got Rosie which is a beautiful um, film about identity in a very different way because it's a little girl whose mother has passed and she gets dropped to her aunt who is sort of an aunt through foster care. So she gets dropped with a white woman as, as who sort of kind of has to find out how this young girl... Um, uh, and she's dysfunctional uh, to the bitter end. It's beautifully done by Gail Morris from the perspective of the little girl. And, you know, you hardly see that. You hardly see a young Indigenous voices sort of platform uh, and how she perceives the world. And then finally, because of the Four Hour Elders thematic, um, we've got a documentary on Buffy St Marie, who is a legend music-wise as well as... Um, in the Indigenous arena in Canada and America, but also over here we sort of kind of know her also as an activist, um, also as an actor. Um, but she was our first Indigenous that won an Oscar uh, and doesn't get sort of kind of notified that much about it because um, it was for Up Where We Belong, uh, for Officer and a Gentleman. And because she doesn't sing it, it's Joe Cocker singing it. You don't know that it's her song, but she wrote it. Um, and she was the first, um, she's a great musician that got blacklisted for a period of time. And so that journey about how do you survive and the resilience of that, uh, because she was such an activist of the 70s and, and that sort of civil rights movement for um, the First Nations people of Turkey. Turtle Island, America. It's a toe-in 
to Indigenous films. Usually we do a whole week worth of stuff. Um, but because we're a part of South by Southwest, we had to sort of really help to support how we fit into them um, and how we shape ourselves going forward. Mm. Sounds good. And there's plenty, though. I mean, it's a yeah. short amount of time, but there's plenty to go and yeah. see. Yeah, and they've done double screenings now. So, like, there's... You know, we started pressing out for the first ones and then realised there's now second screenings so that if you miss the first one, you can go to um, at another time. Perfect. And I think it's at uh, Palace Cinema Sydney? Yeah, at uh, Central. Central. Yeah, where the building that has all the green around it is. That's how I like to say it. Across the road from UTS. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you touched on it um, pretty early on when we were talking about how winter began, but can you talk about why it's important for there to be a space for Indigenous creators to also share their stories through film? Oh, gosh. That's a long... It's it's a hard one, too, because I think, you know, uh, we talk about voice a lot in the last month. But, you know, um, for years we've been talking about... um, having authenticity of voice uh, in this country and whether it's Indigenous or um, diverse or, um, you know, inclusive issues that we have, we sort of kind of have a community that often forgets to celebrate those spaces Um, and... Um, and often it's a battle to get our voices out there. And so having room where people feel comfortable and feel culturally safe with the work that we do by having a place like Winda that allows for people to know that they're safe when they're around us and that they're also seeing films that, you know, are made by us and about us, you know, is really important always, you know. I think... We, um, you know, I I don't call it decolonising in a way because I think in a lot of ways we're just re-indigenifying spaces. I Um, like that. Yeah. I I think it's because, because, you know, decolonising comes from a negative, right? And it makes you sort of really think about, like, you know, story is natural in terms of the way in which we teach it orally or whether we do it through song or whatever. And the celebration of film puts a whole lot of different linear styles of storytelling that we have in our space into the one area. You know, like it's the it's the one place where you can paint a picture as well as sing a song, as well, you know, as well as tell a story mm-hmm. and feel enriched by the stories that you're hearing in 10 minutes or in an hour or in, you know, in in a feature time. And I think that's really important. I think we've seen a real wave across the world of Indigenous cinema sort of being lifted in the last 10 years. And Mm. I think, you know, it's great to have a celebration of that. And I totally Mm. agree. So if you can get tickets, please do and check out all these films how can we find out more about Winter Film Festival? Where can we go? We have a website, winterfilmfest.com. Um, and, you know, every once in a while, if there's a film that's outside of... And we want to be a festival that's not 
just about that story as well and that period of a year where you have to do it. We want to be flexible enough so that if we have, you know, an Indigenous film from over the ditch or, uh, you know, up north or wherever, that if they're trying to come into Australia, we can be a place for them to come first and be celebrated. So we sometimes do special screenings as a part of that as well. So... Nice. Amazing. Pauline, it has been such, such, such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. 